So what follows now is just a reflection on a bit of the Bible, and um, I was particularly going to be looking at Romans 3. There's a little bit of preparation before we get there. Um, And my theme for that reflection is, but now. But now. So um, the story starts um, much earlier in Genesis 17. So if you have a Bible in front of you and you want to be following this, um, Genesis 17, which you'll find on pages 16 and 17. So very early on in the Bible. And we meet the character of Abram, whose name then changes to Abraham. And uh, God makes a promise to him that he will be the father of all nations and that he will be fruitful. And in that promise, um, God says to Abram that there will be a sign. And of course, that promise comes from God, which um, people respond to. And that sign was circumcision. Now, circumcision was a a fairly normal procedure um, of the time. And there's something about God taking something which is fairly normal and ordinary and making it something special for him. And so um, the instruction was that all the people of God should should be circumcised, or the the men should be circumcised. Um, And that was a sign of this promise, this covenant. So if we jump forward to Matthew 3... Matthew 3, which you'll find on page 967, we have this character called John the Baptist appears. And um, he was a fairly wild character, and he was out in the wilderness, and he was baptising people in the River Jordan. Now, baptism was reserved for those who wanted to come into the, the, the Jewish faith, but who were not Jewish. And basically the world was split into Jews and non-Jews, otherwise known as Gentiles. And the reason for being baptised, being cleansed in this way, was so that you could be cleansed to be ready to join the, the Jewish faith. And yet John was doing this to the Jewish people, the ones who were born into that people of God the ones who were circumcised were now coming forward and being baptised were being put underwater and, and coming out cleansed. It was a shocking thing to do because they were the people of God and therefore they didn't need to do this. And John's words are repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. There's something new going on here. Something different, that ancient practice and that ancient promise. And in verse 11, he says, I baptize you with water for repentance. That is turning away from sin and turning to God. But after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And fire is one of our words of this morning. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. 
So we've moved from the ancient promise and the sign of that promise being circumcision through to even those who are circumcised having to be cleansed because there's a new covenant, there's a new promise, and there is something new coming. And that person was coming, that person is Jesus. And he was coming to give this new baptism. Baptism means to be immersed in, to be completely filled with and overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit and fire. So that takes us to Romans 3, which you'll find on page uh, 1130. Um, And basically, Paul is writing to this church in Rome. He's writing particularly to the Jewish believers in Rome. And so we're going to find that circumcision come up because the circumcision refers to the Jewish believers. Um, And this idea of having Jews and Gentiles. So Jews and Gentiles together basically means absolutely everyone in the world. Okay? And so in verse uh, 19, there's, he's, he's kind of exercising this discussion about the position of the Jewish believers as opposed to the Gentile believers and um, how does this all work out in God's economy. So it starts at verse 19. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. So that's a reference to all of Scripture, but in particular, we think about the Ten Commandments, where the people of God were taken through the wilderness. Moses went up the mountain and he was given, these are the rules to live by so that you can live the way I need you to, the Ten Commandments. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law, rather through the law become conscious of our sin. So God speaks to us to tell us the boundaries of life. If you're here, then you're in line, you're on the right track with me. If you're over here, you're not. And that was the purpose of the law. So you're not saved by that. You're not taken into his eternal kingdom by that, but it will tell you when you're off track. And there's, this is where these words come in, in verse 21. But now. But means that something is changing. And he's saying now, now that you have Jesus. Apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. These verses have changed the course of history because they have convicted some very important people in the history of the church as to how we are saved in this life. This righteousness given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. In other words, this is for absolutely everyone in the world who receives this gift. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us falls short in some way of the perfection of Jesus. Every single one of us. 
Now, if you're feeling depressed right now, that is good news. The day that we realise that we are not perfect is the day in which we can turn to Christ. When we think we're perfect, or as good as we would like to be, then we're stuck in that place. But the good news is that all fall short of the glory of God in this life. And all are justified freely by his grace, that free gift, through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So what's this got to do with baptism? Well, baptism is the new sign of that promise from God. John did it in the, in the Jordan. We do it with a shell pouring over the head from, from a little bowl. But it's the same sign. And it's a sign of something very, very ordinary, water. We drink it, we, we wash in it. But what's happening in that process? Because the, uh, when, they, when John was baptizing in the Jordan, people would go right under the water and would come right back up again. And what we say is that we die to sin. We die to those things that separate us from God. And we rise to life. And that's what we witness today, is dying to a life of sin and rising to a life with God. And that life with God is forever. That is good news. That is good news. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood. He died on the cross, so this is possible. To be received by faith. God gives us the gift of faith to believe that this is true. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance or patience, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. God is incredibly patient with us. He doesn't punish us as we deserve. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time, so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. We are justified by faith. Where then is boasting? It is excluded because of what law? The law that requires works? No, because of the law that requires faith. For we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles too? Yes, of Gentiles too. In other words, we are um, justified. This gift is offered to absolutely everyone in the world. Since there is only one God who will justify the circumcised by faith, that's the Jews, and the uncircumcised through that same faith, that is the Gentiles. Do we then nullify the law by this faith? Not at all. Rather, we uphold the law. So that which God has given us to keep us on the right track is still there. And by faith and by the Holy Spirit that he gives us, we are able to stay on track. Because when we go off track, the Holy Spirit, when we open ourselves to that Holy Spirit, and remember the baptism was of Holy Spirit and fire, that Holy Spirit convicts us, you're going the wrong way. Come back here. We cannot go there by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will bring us back. All of this comes from God. 
justification so that we're right with him, the gift of faith, the Holy Spirit to keep us on track, and the law which tells us what on track looks like. This is good news. And we see all that in what Lisa has just shared with this family. Let's pray. So as the band uh, come back, just to lead us in some more song worship, before we get into that, we'll just have a time of what we call ministry, which is just to spend a bit of time in this space, inviting God to speak to us. And the questions we might ask him might be, Lord, give me the gift of faith. Or give me more of the gift of faith. It might be, Lord, by your spirit, convict me of the ways in which I'm off track. And when we turn away from those, he forgives. That's what the cross is all about. He forgives us and draws us back to himself. It might be that we have doubts about what this whole faith thing is all about, who Jesus is. We can say, Lord, show me. Show me the truth. It might be that we we struggle with faith in the face of, of life, stuff that goes on. maybe we just say Lord be with me in my struggles walk with me in my difficulties show me your face or give me a hug or hold my hand whatever however it feels for he is real he is alive the Lord is alive and loves his people Pray, come Holy Spirit.